0: Welcome, welcome all to episode number 11 of the SMB podcast where we discuss all things related to the security, maturity, and best practices for your small and medium business or as we call it the SMB for your SMB. I'm your co-host Mark Gibson alongside my friend and business partner Mike Almeida. Mike, how are you after our little bit of break there?
1: Well, summer's over and the fall time is here, so I'm looking forward to the cooler weather.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's certainly gotten a little chillier today, for sure, no doubt about that. But uh, that's okay, because we're inside and buckled down on um, uh, today's topic, which is, uh, you know, discussing the cost of a security incident. Um, you know, many uh, people out there are aware, obviously, ransomware gets a lot of the, the, um, the, the media attention and, uh, it always goes to sort of ransoms to be paid, but there's a lot of things that, that go around, uh, those types of things. And frankly, uh, you know, despite your best efforts at prevention, you're still pretty likely to have some type of event. And so I use the term incident a little bit more broadly, uh, because it's not necessarily a breach, but it could be something as small as, you know, um, or as limited as, you know, an accidental release of some sensitive information, but it can also range all the way to the you know much worse case, right, of uh, data's being stolen, uh, your network's taken offline, you're completely disrupted and impacted. So we're gonna kind of talk through that a little bit from a, a cost perspective today.
1: Yeah, and you know, the funny part is when you think about these these incidents, a lot of times the media only portrays how much money is lost or how much the ransom is, but the reality is there's so much more to account for than just the costs, and, and part of this, the, what we're gonna go through is what exactly are those costs and how do they impact your business and what are some of the things that you have to consider? So I guess, Mark, you, you, I think you came prepared with some statistics today. Can you tell us a little bit about about what this looks like across the past year and even this year?
0: Yeah, uh, taking it from the top a little bit about, you know, sort of what's the frequency and volume of this kind of stuff. And so, you know, SonicWall, which they are a uh, an information security company that works within the, um, you know, th- they work with a lot of enterprises, but also they're pretty prevalent throughout the uh, small, medium business space. Uh, they put out a mid-year report um, with regard to attacks. Um, in the last month or so. And, uh, you know, according to their, um, research, there's about 305 million ransomware attacks, just ransomware, not the other, um, intrusion attempts that you would you'd see in the first half of 2021. And that was more than all of the ransomware attacks in 2020. So not only is this a, a significant, um, volume of attacks or frequency it's growing, um, you know, each year it's a, a bigger risk than it was the, the risk before. I mean, 2021 so far is up 151% over 2020. And, you know, obviously a number of those attacks are not successful, but the ones that are, the cost of those breaches have also gone up. And depending on which reports you look at and which estimates, you know, your industry, your individual factors, so forth, the average cost of breaches are estimated to be somewhere between, you know, about 80 dollars up to three hundred and fifty dollars per customer record so uh you know that's a, mm. a pretty big you know caveat there like per customer record so that that scales right i mean you could be a business that has a thousand customer records uh you could be a business that has a million customer records but that's kind of where those ranges fall so you know you can do a little bit of quick math to see where you think a, uh those costs might come for you as a business owner uh, in your particular piece and so you know, today we want to sort of cut out the ransomware piece, right? That, that there's lots of information around that, uh, you know, and there's, you know, in the moment, if you have uh, an incident, there's a couple of things you've got to decide for yourself. And one is whether or not you should pay that ransom or you should go an alternate route. And the two big factors that really need to be evaluated in that moment is do you have good backups? You know, in terms of your environment, can you restore the data that's been encrypted, uh, and/or the systems? And then the other question is, can you confirm whether or not there's been any exfiltration of your data, meaning that you know the uh, the threat actor has been able to access your data, copy off some of that, so they have that, and that's a second level of sort of the ransom that they look at it. So there's a whole lot of conversation to be had around that, but we wanted to separate that part out because that gets a lot of attention. Right. What we wanted to talk about today. What are the other things that happen with regard to um, uh, ransomware? So go ahead and kick uh, us you off. You know, Cameron. I think, okay.
1: I think that's probably the the, 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 top level piece of, of where we look at whether or not you are choosing to pay a ransom. But I think if you start to uncover and peel back the onion on some of these cost. Uh, the first one that I think is most important to think about is loss of revenue, right? So what does that mean for your business? If you're if you if you're subject to an attack and your business goes down, the downtime and the disruption of your business cost dollars for, for every, every hour, every day, every week that you're unable to do business. Uh, you got to think about dollars that are not coming into your company. If you think back to a couple of the higher profile ones we saw earlier this year with the uh, the, the Colonial Pipeline, uh, a lot of folks were were uh, in long lines trying to get get gas or fuel or diesel or whatnot, and and I'm sure that that not only the refineries are down, but you think about the trickle, right? The refineries are down. Now the gas stations are down. Now you have unhappy customers. So. Talking about unhappy unhappy customers, what does that mean? Well, if you're down for that long and you can no longer provide that service and maybe one of your competitors or peers can provide the service, more than likely your existing customer base is going to go where they can fill their immediate need. So, from a loss of revenue perspective, that can have a profound impact on your business if you're not prepared. Uh, on top of that, we talk we start thinking about these uh, these different uh, cascading effects is your reputation, right? So uh, are you gonna be known as the, the company who, I think there was a grocery store, I don't remember recall the name of the grocery store chain, but there was one that they got locked out and they couldn't, they couldn't let folks buy groceries because their whole payment system was compromised. So uh, just imagine if that were you. <laughs>
0: yeah, that, that right. one in particular was just over the 4th of July weekend with the big um, <laughs> compromise that happened with uh, related to the uh, Kaseya event. Um, yeah, you know, going back to the loss of revenue piece, uh, you know, Mike, I, I just read a report um, in the last couple of weeks that, um, you know, they measured that 40% of the cost of a um, security incident is tied directly to what you just mentioned, which is the loss of revenue. Like that's, that's 40% of the cost, almost half of the impact of your business comes directly from not being able to service your clients um, because of these events. And, um, you know, speaking of the pipeline, right? I mean, it was a $5 million ransom. Everybody knows that number. Well, not everybody, but you know, I mean, it's very public out there. What hasn't been, or at least not that I've seen discussed is what are the costs on top of that? you know, in terms of what they were able to do and, uh, or excuse me, what they weren't able to do, you know, because they had to shut down uh, the pipeline. So.
1: Yeah. And you think about, about these types of losses, right? You might say, well, okay, I, I was shut down for a couple of weeks. I'm back up and running now. So everybody come and, and patronize me again. But the, the, the truth is uh, you're, you're Customer base, there's two things that happen. Your, your lost customers and even your existing customers that are reluctantly staying with you are gonna to start to question, can you really provide your services in an effective manner without being compromised? Uh, for those for those customers where you actually store some of the data, their their private data, uh, is that, can you secure that data that is going back and forth? Can you protect my data if I continue to do business with you? Or do I have to look at my credit report or, or, or worry that my, my my information is going to be compromised. Even as you go about, and let's just say your sales arm is starting to do some prospecting, and when you call and say, "Hey, I'm with so and so company," if you had that national negative media, good luck trying to get any <laughs> business because you're already starting off right on the wrong foot, and and it's just your ability to create relationships is is really going to be tarnished and challenged. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I know, I know for me when, when the whole colonial pipeline thing happened, uh, the one place that I went to go and get fuel, I mean, literally it literally was two blocks long. I was like, well, I'm not going to go there anymore. I want to go someplace else because that's too long. I don't have time to wait there. And, and, and so that's, that's for the customer piece. It's a really big problem.
0: Well, but you know, there's a flip side to that coin though, Mike, I think as well to be considered, which is the, the overwhelming majority of breaches, incidents that are publicized and, and probably even the ones that are a little bit smaller, they aren't typically handled well because the, the organization's not prepared for it. But if you think about cybersecurity events in the context of, man, everybody is vulnerable to them, uh, you, you could potentially do everything right and still be compromised. If you're in a situation though, where you are compromised and you handle that well, you know, it's like any other opportunity when you talk about building relationships, you can come out of that with more credibility, more trust, you know, that nobody is expecting that you intentionally are compromising their data uh, so that if it, you are the victim of that type of an attack and you're able to, you know, detect it early, mitigate it well, you know, minimize the impact, how much safer are you, is your client base going to feel? about working with you. So there, there's, you know, there's an opportunity there, not just a cost.
1: Absolutely. And I think there are some industries that might be a little bit more, I'm not going to protect, it's not the right word, but prepared. Uh, and that's because there's also a compliance cost associated with, with these types of incidents. And I know for, for the power utility space, I'm very familiar with that. I know for a fact that the, the federal government has mandated a lot of these these regulations and standards and develop compliance requirements. And in the case, if there's a security breach and and it's discovered that those protocols weren't put in place and protection were put in place, uh, you've got a couple of, of big problems coming your way. Number one, fines and sanctions. So not only are you, are you experiencing revenue loss, customer loss, but now you're gonna have to pay fines and sanctions because you didn't put your protections in place in the first place. And and even along those lines, you could expect an increased frequency in audits. So they're subject to periodic audits. I think every three years for cyber and physical security, you can expect that those numbers to increase. So you gotta imagine you've got so many different facets and we're just touching the surface in here. I think there's a a couple (laughs) of more pieces that that you should consider. I think Mark, you've got a couple here that you want to throw out.
0: Well, you know, comment on, on compliance there too, right? Is the idea that the, you likely do not work in a regulated space, you know, at this point, I mean, cause they're, the, they're the minority that's expanding. Yeah. The, the legal landscape around cybersecurity is changing. Um, and while the details are going to be difficult to predict and, and, you know, in timelines even as well, what's for certain is that, you know, over the next two, three years, Every, well, not everybody, but many more people are going to be subject to this type of overhead than they are today. Uh, and it's because uh, there's got to be um, an expectation of me as a business owner or you as a business owner saying, hey, I need data from you to, co- to conduct and transact this business. There should be an expectation that I am taking care of that data in a prudent manner. Not just simply, hey, I have it, and then whatever happens happens. Um, and so I think that's that's being recognized, you know, more uh, broadly. And so, you know, I mean, that feeds into a little bit of, you know, legal action is really a consideration, right? In in the case of lost or or compromised data that you know customers have handed over to you, you could be subject to customer lawsuits you know, I mean, in the small medium space, that's not quite as much of a consideration, but uh, it is something to be prepared for, or at least to discuss. And you've really got to start looking at, you know, that's where maybe where your contracts come into place, depending on the nature of your uh, (laughs) engagement with your clients or whatnot about, are there clear edges about what your responsibility is, what your, um, uh, you know, obligations are in terms of uh, being a custodian of that information, that type of thing. Uh, And then, you know, The actual recovery piece itself, like when you're happening in this event, or excuse me, uh, yeah, as you go through an event here, uh, it's not just a matter of a restore and walk away, right? I mean, you've really got to do a good (laughs) bit of due diligence as it's happening. Uh, One, there's got to be, you know, some forensics. You've got to understand how you were breached. Uh, There are multiple um, stories that I've run across over the last year or so of organizations that were uh, breached paid a ransom restored and breached two weeks later because they didn't bother to find out why they were breached and they left the door open again and they had to pay a second ransom and you know that's just you know yeah it, i mean in hindsight right you go man what were we thinking um but i, I think that man I, I wish i could remember the number of but i think it's you're you're about 60 percent more likely to suffer a second cyber attack after you've suffered a successful first, I mean, they're just going back to the well, right? They know that you're more uh, susceptible. Uh, They're not stupid. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. So a big part of that is not just restoring and recovering, but understanding why you were breached to begin with so that you can make changes in your environment and close down those gaps. Uh, And, you know, while all those things are happening, you've got to consider your, your PR and your communications to your clients. How, How do you make that work? You know, in terms of, you know, making sure that uh, clients are just up to date. I don't know how well you're going to be able to put them at ease as one of these things are happening, but for sure, um, the worst answer is not communicating at all, right? Just being a big black box, yeah. then customers know they're impacted because they can't get to something or they, you know, it, it's different uh, workflows than usual. Uh, not being able to help them understand that is is problematic. So...
1: Yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's all interesting, interesting information. And I think the piece you just said about letting the customers know, I think a lot of times there's a fear factor of, man, I really, I'm I'm debating whether or not I should tell my customer because I don't want to look bad, but it's when they find out, not from you, but from other sources where it goes back to that whole reputational risk, right?
0: Yeah. Credibility. It's at the heart of your credibility, right? You know, I mean, the expectation. For any business partner, should not be that nothing is ever going to happen. It should be that hey, something happened. How do you respond and manage it?
1: So. Yeah, and I think I think you know when you think about the the, the big, there, there's really one. I, I like to call this organizational momentum. It's really not a cost that most people think about, but let's just envision that you're on you're you're, you're doing part of your five year deployment cycle, your development cycle, right? And you're on and you're creating a brand new product or you're working on a launch and all of a sudden your business gets hit with a security incident you know how does that impact your business goals and how does that impact your product development these are the things that you have to think of and I think that's why it's so important to have a disaster recovery and business continuity plan because in these moments you don't expect this to happen you didn't plan. Oh, we have, we're going to have a security incident in the middle of our roadmap, right? right but it happens right. and you have to be, pre- be, right? Nobody does that. So right. you got to be, you got to be prepared and and have those fundamentals in place just in case. And, and, and I think you said it, Mark, it's not if, a matter of if it happens, it's a matter of when it happens.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you know, and and the thing that uh, I think it's under- underestimated is When something like this happens, depending on the scope of it, I mean, if it's a smaller thing, you know, you can usually kind of put those to rest. Um, But if if it's truly a a breach or, or, you know, loss of data, it's an all-consuming event. There is nothing else that matters in your your organization for X amount of time. Uh, Again, depending, you know, the reality is, you know, for small business, you're probably talking a few days uh, at a minimum and potentially even Mm -hmm. longer depending on your level of preparedness um you know there's been incidents you know that i've uh, had some discussions with we weren't part of but we talked with the people who were and i mean they're they're down for you know 10 days two weeks you know Mm -hmm. because they weren't prepared in the way that they should have been for the event happening and then you know the the legal and pr and customer relationship that stuff can linger for Months, you know, um, as it's That's happening, right. and you know, and so I, I, I'll i touch on this just for a minute. I, it's it's really worthy of its own call, and we probably will do. Uh, shoot, excuse me, episode, and we'll probably do one of those, you know, uh, coming up soon. But you know, cyber insurance and the role of this, like, it, it can offset some of this cost, right? I mean, you know, things around the recovery and process, or excuse me, recovery and restore. Uh, You can also get some coverage around, you know, some of the PR stuff and the forensics and some of the, you know, professionals coming in to to help with that. I'm I'm not aware of any policies that will reimburse you necessarily for the loss that's tied directly to a cyber, uh, excuse me, the customer loss, you know, the business disruption. Again, it depends on what kind of policies are written and so forth. And that's not my area of expertise for sure. But um, that becomes very challenging to uh, document and establish and so forth. And, you know, uh, it's really about understanding what's covered under your insurance policy. Those things are tightening. That entire industry is changing very quickly, just like the legal landscape is. Uh, those guys are looking to make money too. And it's been very expensive over the last couple of years without enough safeguards and overhead in terms of governing those relationships. So, um, you know again we'll we'll come back and tackle that topic a little bit more in depth um so but uh you know as we're wrapping up here Mike closing thoughts
1: so you know a lot of times and I think we might have kicked off with this uh, most people always associate security the cost of security breaches with a dollar amount in their in their mind and then hopefully what we've shown you in our episode is that the, the breaches are so much more than that when they actually happen and the, the the truth is you can't really put a price tag on reputational risk and opportunity laws when it comes to a, a, a data breach those two things are so fundamentally crucial to your business that if your reputation gets tiredness and your ability to bring in new business or service your existing business gets gets hampered you're going to have a, a lot a lot bigger problems even trying to keep your your business afloating in the end, it really is is how you choose to prepare before the situation happens that really determines the impact on not only your business, but also everyone associated with it, including your customers, your, your partner vendors, your contractors, the whole nine yards.
0: Yeah, I think you just hit it on it there, Mike, uh, which is, you know, it's about how you prepare. I, I mean, and like any crisis event, how well you come out of it is going to be most heavily influenced by how prepared you were for it. And let's, you know, call this, you know, a spade a spade, right? The idea that this is a crisis event for you within the scope of your business when these types of things happen. Um, and, you know, for just about every business out there now, th- this is a top three risk, uh, if, if it's not the number one risk uh, to the business. And, um, you know, business owners, they, they really can't be surprised anymore when a cybersecurity event happens. It's been happening long enough. For everyone to know that they they have a risk there, and not preparing for it, that's that's just a conscious choice, and so you know, um, I'd I'd advocate against not doing that. (laughs) So, uh, you know, they're just, they have so much potential for, you know, disruption. And, you know, like I said, if you sort of set aside the cost of ransomware and recovery, uh, you know, the piece that's gonna really matter a lot that doesn't get accounted for as much is going to be that, you know, the plan and the proper preparation, that's gonna really drive and dictate for you if you're down for, you know, a couple of days, versus down for a couple of weeks, and there's a huge dollar amount for every business, you know, in terms of, you know, percentage uh, relative there, that that's a a big variable, you know, and and honestly, it's probably the difference between surviving and not, uh, which is, you know, we'll go back to the stat that that comes up pretty often. 60% of small businesses that suffer a successful cyber attack close within six months, and this is part of the reason why. That's the main part of the reason. So anyway, uh, you know, as these things happen, you know, um, they're, like I said, they're crisis events, but they're also events that you've got to be methodical. Uh, you can't get too sped up because of the urgency of it, because there are steps you have to take. Um, but that's where your incident response plan comes into place, your preparation and so forth. So, um, you know, the number of businesses that suffer these events is is small. And and that that may be what kind of works against us, particularly in the small business, you know, arena, which is that everybody's still kind of thinking, hey, I'm not gonna be a victim. Uh but uh that number keeps growing and it's 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 here to stay. I mean, we're ten years from now we're still gonna be talking about cyber security events. We're just gonna be talking about different details. So
1: Yep, I definitely hear you on that one, Mark. So hopefully mm-hmm. you guys enjoyed today's episode. And next week, we're actually going to talk about security awareness training and how to educate and inform your staff not only of the best practices to prevent something like this from happening, but also keep them aware of what's actually going around on in their, in their surroundings. So we appreciate you guys listening to our SMB podcast. Again, I'm co-hosted by me, Mike Almeida, my business partner and friend, Mark Gibson. If, you, if we've been able to provide any value to you or you just like hearing our voices, go ahead and share this with your network. Listen to us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app. So until then, we'll see you next time.